No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. And for all of those joining us live on Valentine's Day, good evening to you and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. Happy Valentine's Day, Dave M., and everybody watching live on YouTube. There you go. Big Daddy is uh, Ginsburg is giving up the Valentine's love. He's always full of love, but especially on February 14th, he's got lots of love in his heart. And the Jets would have lots of love in their heart if they weren't getting goalied or almost goalied in all of these games. As he, it was, uh, it was a relatively tight affair. They didn't get the, probably the best start they would have liked with San Jose, a team that's been off their last game coming January 31st. So they've been off for two weeks. That's a little bit unusual. They're also you know, a bottom seller dweller, if you will, least amount of goals for in the NHL, least most goals against in the NHL. But you couldn't tell tonight because Capo Kakinen looked like Dominic Hasek for much of the evening. The Jets were unable to solve them other than the Morgan Barron goal. So today's Betway game recap is not going to be a long one, Ezzy, because we only have the one goal to discuss. We're going to bring you the comments from head coach Rick Bonus when he's available. But Again, what are your quick thoughts with the Jets string back-to-back wins together, picking up an important two points? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it, Dave. What was it, uh, 40 saves for Capo Kakinen? Like, what stood out to me was, and I mentioned this to you as we were watching the game here, like, I'm not sure why the Sharks didn't pull him earlier. Maybe it was because he was so tired that he couldn't even make the way, (laughs) you know, make his way to the bench, right? But, um, yeah, he was really good tonight, and... You know, it definitely wasn't a lack of scoring chances that that, uh, you know, was the reason why the Jets only scored one goal. But that's just what the Jets and Sharks do. Right. Like they play low scoring games. Right. Mm-hmm. The first two were two one in San Jose, California, and then obviously one nothing tonight. But um, yeah, definitely rusty. But, you know, the first six or seven minutes, Dave, in the first period, uh, it was the Sharks that had actually, you know, the better legs and, and the more scoring chances. What it wasn't until. I think the six or seven minute mark where the Jets registered a shot on net, right? And then they obviously took over for the remainder of the first period and really the remainder of the game, right? So, yeah, um, you know, I, I think, you know, you like the fact that, you know, the Jets, you know, generated scoring chances on the penalty kill. Unfortunately, they didn't generate a lot on the man advantage. But um, I think, you know, Capo Kakinen, I believe, is in the last year of his contract. And mm-hmm. if, I'm, if I'm the San Jose Sharks, like I'm signing him. I think I'm rewarding him. Um, for how well he's played. And I realized, Dave, that Mackenzie Blackwood, former New Jersey Devil, he's in the picture as well. Um, yeah. But Capo Kakinen's been really solid this year for the Sharks. And it was mentioned on the broadcast by Harna Ryan Singh, who did an excellent job tonight alongside John Garrett. Um, the Sharks actually had five points in five of six games heading into the All-Star break, player break. So, I mean, I, you know, I was impressed by the way the Sharks played. When you consider no Tomas Hurdle, no mm-hmm. Logan Couture, yeah. Um, you know, I, I think the fact that they kept this game close, you know, for them is a victory, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I I don't know about you or Dave or anybody else in the chat here, but I thought this was going to be like a 6-1, you know, 7-1 game, right? And, you know, we also have to talk about Connor Hellebuck. Like, let's not, you know, diminish the shutout here. You know, it wasn't his busiest night, um, but, you know, he had to be solid, right? Like, I think... Think back to the second period. Fabian Zetterlund had those two good scoring chances 
kind of, you know, at, at the eight minute, nine minute mark of the second period. Then he made a, a save on Sturm. Sturm also had a decent chance uh, early on in the third period. So Sturm, Sturm by the way, no longer knows his name after the Logan Stanley hit. Right. And it's not Marco Sturm, who also played for the Sharks. It's exactly. Nico Sturm, right? So, I, I mean, look at Alexander Barabanov. You know, he's a talented player. You've still got, you know, veteran guys like Mikhail Granlund and Anthony Duclair, who I thought played well. We've got Rick Bonus, Dave. I'm not yep. sure if yeah, uh, we're, we're going to bring Rick Bonus up right here. now. Well, here comes the head coach, Rick Bonus. Wanted a little bit more scoring. How did you rate your scoring chances and your goals? Well, we had 84 shot attempts. We had certainly a, more than enough scoring chances to score more than one goal. It's not going in their goal to give the goal. Their goal is a ton of credit. He made huge saves. We were all over the net. Um, I'm just going to keep pushing. If we, if we can create that much offense, uh, well, the puck will have to go in soon. You guys had breakaways. There's a lot around the slot. There's yeah. a whole bunch. And then the goal you get is a double deflection that goes in off of Barron. What do you make of that? That's hockey. Just keep your own pucks at the net and hope for the best. That's, you know, we lost the game in Philadelphia. That's all they did. They threw two pucks to the net. They hit about three different things and went in twice. Tonight, we got one of those. Connery Hallibut gets the shutout. Uh, what can you say about him after that performance? Yeah, no, he didn't get a lot of work, but he had some timely saves. He, like there were some early in the third there, they had a couple of really good chances, so he stopped. Uh, in the second period, he, their, their chances weren't very many, but they came in like little bunches there in a hurry, and he made the big save. So, uh, yeah, he did his job. One of the biggest saves of the night came from Mark Shifley. What did yeah. you see with his uh, sliding stuff? Well, he was back-checking hard, and he, ended up, he knew where to go. He kept the puck out of the net, so that was good Good for him. He's worked hard at both ends of the ice. And then in the third period, kind of protecting that one-goal lead, uh, Ehlers and I have follow-switch spots. What was the reasoning behind that? I just didn't like what I was seeing from that top line, so... Was it about what they were? I was trying to look for the thing if there was if there would have been a reason. Maybe there's like an ozone giveaway kind of in the third there. But what leads to that kind of thing? It, it wasn't the third. It would led what led up to the third. In the top six, Monahan, Perfetti, and Velarde, your second line. What did you see from them tonight? Yeah, like they, they had some generated. really good looks. Low and Gabe had. I think Gabe hit the knob of his stick, and uh, they they created more offense tonight than they have in the other games. Does it feel like just a matter of time before Monahan? Gets his first point as a jab, already breaks his slump. Perfetti. He won a lot of big face-offs for us tonight. Um, he's doing his job. It'll come. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, so we got nothing tomorrow. That might be the quickest uh, post-game show conversation with head coach Rick Bonus, but we bring you that here on the Legal Curve post-game show as courtesy of our uh, photog turned videographer Colby Spence. So thank you, Colby, for, uh, for for being in the Matt Frost Media Center and bringing you that live. Of course, that is on our YouTube channel if you want to hear it again. Rick Bonus is probably a little bit sick of talking to everyone. He spent 14 minutes with us yesterday, another five or six today, and then, of course, those minutes. So, um, you know, I mean, I'm not – it's interesting. He made some line changes. He obviously – despite the fact that they generated a ton, as he – like he said, 84 shot attempts. Uh, and that was kind of the story of the game early was that the Jets were being outshot, and you were touching on it just before we went to, to Rick Bonus. But the Jets are out shooting them for not sorry, being outshot for nothing. And yet <laughs> Alex is high. But yet the fact is that the Jets still had some chances that Mark Shifley to Kyle Connor in front of the net, which he shot wide. So there were a lot of chances. They just weren't hitting the net until, of course, I think it was about the six minute mark of the first period. Right. And, you know, this was a line speaking specifically about the Shifley Connor Ehlers line. 
you know, we were expecting a, a little more, you know, dynamicism, if I can say the word properly, sure. out of that line. And, you know, I don't know if you necessarily saw it tonight. Like, you know, I, I think shot attempts, Dave, tell you, you know, one story. But, you know, for a team that's struggling to score goals and you're going up against the big bad Vancouver Canucks late Saturday night. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's still a concern here. And, you know, like we'll get into the one goal in the Betway game recap. As you mentioned, it's going to be a short bet, <laughs> Betway game recap. But, you know, another thing I wanted to talk about, too, was the um, almost goal by Anthony Duclair. I, I mentioned this to you as well. If Duclair is available, is he not a guy, you know, that would be interesting in a Winnipeg Jets jersey? Like, I'm not sure, you know, if, you know, that means that Morgan Barron, you know, is the odd man out or if I, Alex Iafallo is the odd man out, right? But we know that the Jets are done acquiring centers, right? I don't think anybody's expecting Chevy to acquire center because, of course, you've got guys like Rasmus Kupari and David Gustafson who are options, right? Yeah. Dominic Toninato cleared waivers. He's with the Moose. Uh, I'm not stealing your Manuk Moose minute here, Dave, but I think most people expect, you know, if the Jets do make a move, it'll be for a winger and maybe a defenseman or two. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a couple defensemen, by the way, mm -hmm. um, because, you know, I, like I've said this before, and I feel like I'm really the only person necessarily saying this, but you lost Declan Chisholm, right? So that's an NHL body. I realize he doesn't have a lot of NHL experience. Um, that's why I'm saying, you know, I, I could see if, you know, let's put out Chris Tanev, for example, yep. or Ilya Labushkin or, or whoever, whoever else, Noah Hannafin. Like, I'm, I'm just saying I wouldn't, you know, put it past Chevy to acquire more than one defenseman. And obviously there could be injuries between now and then. Um, and you've also got Vili Hainola as an option. I'm just saying, I thought Anthony Duclair, you know, looked good tonight. And he's that kind of guy that, you know, it seems like teams always are, you know, inquiring about, right? A guy that, like, has a history of scoring goals. Obviously, Duclair would not be a top six forward for the Jets. But uh, I thought that was, uh, you know, very close, to say the least. And mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know about, you know, the chat. We'll hear it from the chat here. But it seemed like that was a little closer than it looked originally, right? Um, obviously, you know, Connor Hellebuck had no idea where the puck was. He was spun around after Mikhail Granlin had the initial shot, Dave. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting once they showed the replay, uh, you know, we had the comment up a couple minutes ago, um, you know, Shifley really did, you know, prevent that from being a, a, a tie game. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's all it takes. Rick Bonus mentioned it, right? He said, that's hockey. And yes, if the Jets continue to generate that many shots against the Canucks, they should be fine. But for a Sharks team, who's one of the worst teams in the league, without Tomas Hurdle and without Logan Couture, I don't know how happy you can be with a one nothing victory. Yeah, and you and again, you you have to credit the goaltender. I mean, he made, I think the, sh the high danger chances were 24-7 in favor of the Jets. So the Jets certainly had chances. And there were a number of instances, as he, where guys were standing there or, or I should say hunched over at the end of opportunities. Mark Scheifele, I can think of in the second period, Nino Niederreiter. There were a couple of times where he was, you know, he had that one sequence where he had three shots in a row where... Yeah, he had the toe drag in the second period. Kakanen yeah. made a good chance. And then it was Nate Schmidt who fed Niederreiter in the middle uh, for the redirect, right? Dave and Kakanen made the save. Yeah. So I thought Niederreiter was one of the best forwards for the Jets. And obviously, you know, now he's got that monkey off the back, off his back. Mm -hmm. And so he does, you know, it's, he's not in a 15 game goal scoring slump anymore. As you can tell, I think that, you know, he's playing with more confidence. At least that's what I saw. No, I agree. I definitely agree. And, and, and I thought Adam Lowry played, you know, I, I mean, the, look, the Jets played a good game. Morgan Barron. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to say ruin all of our good material because Morgan Barron is the only 
I think folks will know who the has the Seagram shot of the game as. I think that part is going to be pretty obvious. Uh, although we sometimes don't have to give it for goals. We could always give it for someone punches someone. I mean, it could be the Seagram hit of the game. But anyways, that's... that's and right, and Ryan's, you know, got the comment up there. For those listening on the pod, you know, he's talking about Adam Lowry. The comment is best player tonight was our captain. And, mm-hmm. you know, that line was really good. And, and yep. they were good against Pittsburgh um, on Saturday, right? And that's what I'm saying, right? Like, you know, we know that, you know, these lines are not set in stone, right? Like, Rick Bonus has the option to go back to Mark Shifley, Nikolai Ehlers, Gabe Velarde. Um, you know, Sean Monaghan, I thought, was pretty good tonight. Yep. Um, but again, you know, it's just... You know, shot attempts are great. Look, I, I mean, the expected goals were what were the expected goals? Four for the Jets, negative two for the Sharks, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not saying that the Jets weren't the better team tonight. All I'm saying is, you know, goals are what matter the most, right? So they're right. not finishing like they were, you know, in the first 35 to 45 games of the season, right? So, yeah, again, I'm not concerned long term. But you just played the Sharks, and you're going to play the Canucks coming up, and then you're going to pl- face a, a Flames team that is right in the thick of the playoff race. And it's I think it's going to be fascinating to see you know what the Flames do. We mentioned Chris Tanev and Noah Hannafin earlier. You hear, uh, courtesy of our friend Frank Zaravalli, that the Devils were close to acquiring Jacob Markstrom, right? So if you take mm-hmm. Jacob Markstrom off that roster, Dave, Obviously, it means you follow the AHL a lot more than I do. I guess it's Dustin Wolf time in Calgary, right? Yeah, well, he's been the AHL goalie of the year the last two years, so I suspect that they're they're ready for him to uh, assume that mantle. But look, if you're Calgary, you don't. I mean, look, I don't want Spencey to accuse me of this being Flames lunch, Ezzy. But if you're the um, Flames, it's a tough. They're kind of very similar to kind of the Jets situation, right? You got guys who are going to be UFA's event soon. You've got to figure that sort of situation out. Do you blow it up and and try and retool like you know, like folks suggested? Is there enough left to blow up? That that's what I would say, right? Like, I mean, they're not they're not trading Mikael Backlund. He's their captain. You hear a guy like Andrew Mangiapane might be traded, but like, I don't think there's much more to blow up, right? Like, it's it's really Markstrom, Tanev, and Hannafin, Dave. Like, there's, I mean, and and they're and they're in a playoff race. So that's why I'm saying Calgary is a fascinating team and similar to Pittsburgh. By the way, I don't know if you saw Pittsburgh lost tonight. Pumped. I think it's time to just say that Pittsburgh's done. I mean, they're well, not making the, the playoffs. Well, Spency, by the way, likes a flame broiled lunch, so uh, perhaps he, he won't mind our flames lunch uh, segue as, but yeah, I mean... Chicken look, fries. Maybe... Isn't BK the one who has chicken fries? I'll text Spency after. I don't know why you're asking we'll me. we'll go for a little late night fast food run. Yeah, Jay Miller says two points in a grinder, good dub, but uh, look... The the games are going to be tighter. You you know I don't care if a team is a bad team. The, it doesn't mean that every team is going to you're going to destroy them eight nothing. And and then look right now the Jets are not scoring goals. I mean that's just the way things have been going for Winnipeg. So they they pick up they played again. More importantly, you continue to play a strong game. I will say the power play though it's it's at the point where it needs to be declined. They didn't. I don't think they had a shot on their second power play. Ezzy. Um, they can't generate anything. They, you know, the power play units just seem stagnant. Uh, the power play, and again, I'm not going to pretend to be some sort of expert that I can figure out what's what's ailing their power play. But well, we whatever... had JP Vigier on on Saturday, and he is an expert, right? He's That's a Hockey true. Canada skills coach. There He's you go. a former NHLer. He knows a lot better than than us who just played community center hockey. I mean, you did score five goals in a game in Maccabi hockey, so I got to give Who's you a shout out. And I was yeah. a first round pick. Uh, for Denali, <laughs> shout out to Aubrey Margolis. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, JP said it. I mean, 
whatever your your scheme is, whatever your strategy is, there right. has to be a purpose behind it, and it can't just be one shot and done. But the thing with the Jets is it almost is confident zapping before you know the, the power play even starts, mm-hmm. right? And and it, I, I think it was telling that the Jets had more scoring chances when they were shorthanded versus <laughs> on the power play, right? So at this point, it's, it's mind-boggling, really. Mm-hmm. I have no other word to use or words to use. I guess it's hyphenated, right? Or it's one word. But uh, we'll ask maybe Merriam Webster's dictionary to let us know if mind boggling is one word. But uh, (laughs) yeah, I mean, you know, luckily the Jets have been one of the better five on five teams in the league this year. Uh, But their power play just, I mean, they're healthy. (laughs) The Jets are healthy, completely healthy now. So there's no more, there's no more excuses. You can't say, well, we don't have the big Kyle Connor shot out there or, you know, Gabe Velarde is injured right now or, Nikolai Ehlers is injured. The Jets are completely healthy. Literally fact, completely it, healthy. Gus Bus is back too. So they don't have one single injured player. This, in fact, as well, that's a nice segue for, for this point. This is the first game, I think, that they didn't have a guy on IR. So there's nobody on IR. Again, we know. And in fact, last game, if you recall, Rasmus Kupari came out and Rick Bonus said that there was someone who was nicked up. So it was a game time, you know, not a game time, but he was, he was there in case they needed to uh, have a late scratch. He didn't even come out for the skate today. So the fact is that Rasmus Kupari wasn't needed. This is a healthy team. So yeah, you're right. There is no, there's no excusing it really. The team has to like, again, your five on five play has been good. And and you credit Kakinen because I, I I look the Jets did what they needed to do to create havoc in front of him. They did. They were guys were in front of the net. There were opportunities. They took away his eyes. They had redirections. I mean, you can't. Like, I love how everybody just thinks you could just simple. Oh, it should. They should kill San Jose because San Jose sucks. And there and as you said before, San Jose was playing better before the break. But not only that. Again, you you credit the goaltender. I mean, there were. I mean, we saw it right. There were a lot of good chances. He made some good saves. So you you can't minimize that just because you think the Jets should roll over the Sharks. Like it's, Jets, just, it's, just, uh, it's me. just not the way Dave, it works. The Jets had 24 high danger chances I know. at even strength to seven. I can't I honestly can't remember the last time the Jets had that many high danger chances. Right. And and we mentioned Nino Niederreiter himself could have had two goals in the second period. He had two high danger chances, right? Three actually. So uh yeah, I mean it, it's it's getting to a point where, you know, and you go back to the game against Toronto, right? The first mm-hmm. game that was in Toronto. Yeah. And the Jets lost that game, obviously. And mm-hmm. they badly outplayed the Leafs. And then obviously the Leafs got their revenge when the series, the, I'm calling it a series, but the yeah, second game, game came game back set. to the two game set came back to Winnipeg, right? Mm-hmm. So, but this, this goes back, you know, over a month now. Like this goes yeah. back to, you know, I, I would say the road trip where they had trouble with San Jose and they they had trouble with Anaheim, right? I think one of those games was 2-1. I think they beat Anaheim 2 or 3-1 and they, they beat San Jose. Well, no, it, it was 2-1 San against was San Jose. 2-1. And then yeah. I believe it was 3-1 against Anaheim uh, with an empty netter, right? Yeah, I think um, right. So, I mean, it, this is, you know, going on, you know, 12 to 14 games here mm-hmm. that the Jets are having trouble scoring goals. And the reason why, and, and we had the comment earlier up, uh, I mean, the reason why it's so concerning about the power play is because the power play has struggled essentially all year long. Right. Like the, the Jets ha- have not really had more than maybe a, a three, four, five game stretch where the power play has looked excellent, right? 
Mm-hmm. And so Ezzy, they I, haven't I, scored there just to uh, add to that. They're zero for 21. I think it is or 20 in just their last eight games. Right. And John Elliott has the comment up there for those listening on the pod, right? Jets were more dangerous on their PK than they were on their power play. Mm-hmm. And we mentioned that a few minutes ago and, and, and that's not the first time. And, you know, with guys like Adam Lowry and, and Mason Appleton, uh, Alex IFL, like they have guys that in transition, like they can block a shot, head, you know, head the puck up the ice. Like mm-hmm. th- this is nothing new, but you know, it, it's when the, when the power play is struggling this bad, Dave, yeah, you know that that it's more than just personnel, right? right. It it is something that goes beyond just the the guys that you put out on the ice with the man advantage, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, it's it's something that it's going to prevent the Jets from. I'm not saying that it's going to prevent the Jets from winning the Stanley Cup, yep. but right now it's really what's separating the Jets from from instead of just being a great team. If they had at the very least an above average power play. They yeah. would be a top two, top five team in the league. Some now, some people think the Jets are already a top five team in the league, right? But I'm not confident in saying they are with this power play. It's got to the point where, like we said, like you know, we're 50 plus games into the season here, right? And you're completely healthy, and against a team like the Sharks, and and again, I mentioned this, you know, in the first five minutes, I give David Quinn, the head coach of the Sharks, a lot of credit. Like I, I think he's done a a good job, you know, having this team competitive on a nightly right. basis. We talked about it. The Sharks had points in five of six games heading into the All-Star break. Look, the Sharks mm-hmm. are one of the worst teams in the league. I, I'm, you know, I'm admitting that. But I'm just saying, saying that. You no, know, they're a hard, they're a hard-working group. I mean, yeah. you, you just look at, you know, we talked about Zetterlin was impressive. Um, you know, they're they're obviously not going anywhere this year. They're going to get another high draft pick. Not yeah. sure if that means that they're going to get Celebrini, but. You know, they're most likely going to get a top five pick, right, Dave? Yeah. But, I mean, you got to score a power play goal against the Sharks when your power play has been so putrid for so long, right? So, yes, I agree that you got a lot of scoring chances and a lot of shot attempts at even strength. But game after game, the power play just looks lethargic and just kind of clueless out there. Well, and, and you know what, Ezzy? You made a, you made a, as you were speaking, something I was thinking about was the fact that the fact is this is, this is 51 games in, right? This was the 51st game of the season. So the Jets are a upper echelon team. There's no question about that. You can look at their record. They're a top 10 team, no doubt. But that's what I'm saying, Dave. Like there's a difference between being a good team or a very good team and one of the best teams. Like I still have, for me, like I still have Vegas up there. I still have (laughs) Dallas up there and, and Vancouver. I mean, you can't. You can say whatever you want about Vancouver. Now they've added, added Elias Lindholm, and most we're about Phil the Thrill. I was going to say now that they've added. Well, I guess they haven't officially added Phil Kessel. Yeah. Uh, but you know that's Rick Tockett's old buddy from the days of the Penguins, right? So I mean, you have to put the Canucks up there, and then and in the East, I mean, I, as far as I'm concerned, you you have Florida. to respect the Boston Bruins. And you have to respect the Florida Panthers mm-hmm. uh, and the Rangers are pretty good. I'm just saying, like, it's hard to say, I mean, maybe, you know, 25, 30 games into the season when the Jets were, were maybe 30 to 35 games into the season when they were on that run. Right. Um, you could say that the Jets were a bona fide top five team, I guess. But yeah. that's why you play the whole season. There's a lot of season left. Yes, we're 51 games into the season. Um, 
But, you know, the Jets want to avoid, if they can, playing Colorado in the first round, right? And that's a possibility right now. That's what they're mm-hmm. looking at. I don't want to play Colorado in the first round if I'm the Jets. No, absolutely not. But I, I, I guess getting back to the whole idea of the power play and discussing the power play, to me, and, you know, I like this comment by by Mistro, Maestro? Maestro, sorry. People don't like it when the Jets don't steamroll bottom feeders, not very rational thinking. Other teams get paid too. And again, like I said, the Jets dominated the five-on-five play. I don't think there's any question about that. It was really just the goaltender was excellent. And they look, are these guys snake bit? Yeah, there's there's definitely guys who are are currently not performing to the levels that they need to be performing at. Gabriel Velarde said as much in his media availability with us two days ago when he jokingly said to Kelly Moore, oh, you thought I played well? Thank you. But he didn't particularly think he had played a very good game and you could hear it in his voice. And obviously Sean Monahan's through four, three or four games with the Jets. Cole Perfetti hasn't scored in a long time. Alex Ifalo hasn't scored in a long time. You got a lot of guys who are are just not feeling it. And the games are going to get harder. They are getting harder. You can you can sense it. There's the the opportunities are are not as um for the for those big broken plays as he are not happening as much. Now look, San Jose is not not the New York Rangers or the Florida Panthers or the Edmonton Oilers or the Vancouver Canucks. They're not an upper echelon team. But again, I don't think the Jets, I thought the Jets control, look, the Jets didn't give them a shot for almost a full period, right? After they had the four, nothing lead in the, in the first, in, I think it was like in the first three minutes of the first, they didn't allow a shot for the first, for the next 17 minutes of that period. Didn't let a, allow a shot. And I, I'm not even joking. I'm pretty sure the fifth shot that San Jose got was like 200 feet. Like it wasn't like particularly dangerous. So the Jets limited them. They just can't score right now. And and again, that's going to come down to the coaching. And and you also have to wonder at what point, and, and was one thing I asked actually Cole Perfetti, uh, I think that was this morning as he almost forgot, blacked out. But like one of the things I talked about with Cole Perfetti today was asking him about that opportunity to develop that chemistry with Sean Monaghan and Gabriel Velarde. And he said, there's there's such a huge benefit to having all of these games as opposed to trading for him. And we, we've already talked about this, but just hearing Perfetti's sort of thoughts on it and that opportunity. And, and the reality is they, they haven't had a ton of runway. So they've had a lot of practice time, which is important. Obviously they're going to go to Vancouver. Tomorrow's a travel day. Then they will be in uh, Vancouver. They'll practice on Friday and we'll see, you know, as they start to get it. But look, the fact of the matter is, as we, I'm just getting back and then we'll get into the Betway game recap as, but, but just quickly, the final thought is, They've got to do something about this power play, but it's hard to see how they're going to make a change at this point. And one thing I think when Rick Bonus gets back, if it continues to struggle when they go against the Vancouver Canucks on Saturday and then the Calgary Flames on Monday, is is are you satisfied with the way this power play is configured? Do you like the structure and you just feel like the personnel are not executing it sufficiently? Or does it need to change? Because right, right now, you're 51 games in, and you are what, again, what do we always say, Ezzy? You are what your record says you are. And at this point, your record says you're a really bad power play team. Exactly. And despite that, you're the second best team in the Central, right? So mm-hmm. that just shows you how good the Jets could be if they had just an above average power play, right? Like yeah. 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th in the league, as opposed to whatever they're at now, 24th, 25th. I have no idea. 26th, maybe Might even. Be- I think it's 26th or right? 27th, to be honest. So that's that's what we're talking about here. And going back to what you were saying before, I agree with you, Dave. I mean, the, the Sharks, it, like the example 
I was using it as the highest level of hockey I played was A1 for the Varsity View Falcons. <laughs> and it's like an A1 player, you know, uh, playing against AAA players, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's what this was, the Jets versus Sharks. Like we mentioned, yeah, you've got some veteran, some decent veteran players on the Sharks. But, I mean, this was, it looked pretty easy for the Jets at at certain points. And, you know, just specifically talking about the, the Monaghan line with Perfetti and Velarde, yeah, I agree, Dave. I, I think it's too early. You know, it's only been a few games here. I, I think I need to see another, you know, four or five games, you know, of this line. If is if this is what we see, right. and you know, Murat asked the question, um, you know, about the top line. Like Kyle Connor to me is still not right, uh-huh. and I realize that a knee injury is a is a big deal, and you know, I'm not knocking Kyle Connor because he's a, in my opinion. He's a top 10, maybe even top five goal scorer in the NHL. Right. But it's just, he's not as quick. He's just not creating as much time for himself. And again, I don't want to take away the severity of that knee injury because I I think even though, you know, he he came back a little earlier than than we thought, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's been what, eight games now that he's been back? Something like that? Eight or nine games? Yeah, yeah, something like that. And, you know, he's got a couple goals. One was an empty netter. But, uh, you know, it's just, you know, there's something just he's not he's not quite at peak Kyle Connor. And mm-hmm. he's got a lot of time. We talked about it, Dave. There's 31 like, games left in the season. Yep. So it's not it's not like we're at game 79 or 80 here. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, like, Nick Ehlers and Mark Shifley are, are clearly, you know, a step above Kyle Connor, in my opinion, on that line. Shifley yeah. was excellent tonight. You know, Ehlers yeah, was so. fine. Ehlers wasn't, you know, that wasn't one of Ehlers, you know, best games. But again, I mean, you also have to kind of contextualize tonight's game. The Jets were off for three days, lots of practice. And that's the thing too, Dave, that bothers me about the power play is that you had, and you were at practice. I wasn't at practice, but Mm -hmm. I I know that they practiced the power play. Yep. And still you weren't able. And the thing is, it's not just scoring a goal on the power play. And I'll, I'll end my rant here, but it's, (laughs) it's, you want to see some progress Right. Like you mentioned, what are the Jets? 0 for 20 in the last 20 or 21? Like you just want to see yeah. some signs that they're turning this thing around. Right. And you don't really see that. And and granted, you know, I said this on Saturday that, you know, the Jets, I thought, you know, why not score a couple power play goals against the Penguins? The Penguins are a good defensive team. Um, but you know, they were in the second game of a back to back, right? And mm-hmm. I thought this, I honestly thought the Jets were gonna score four or five goals tonight. I was like, okay. You know, and yes, Capo Kaknan was excellent. He made 40 saves, first star of the game, not taking anything away from Capo Kaknan. But the power play just, it's its just a, it's a momentum zapper. Yeah. And it's got to change. And and hopefully they get it going against Vancouver. Uh, but that Canucks team is very good. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I just don't know anymore. It just, it just continues to just kind of um, fizzle out which is why it'll be hilarious when the Jets put up like four goals against the Canucks and win like four one. But we'll see. We'll save that for the very late illegal curve post game show coming to you Saturday night. What is that? Is that a nine o'clock start? So I think we're, I believe uh, yeah nine o'clock. So we'll be starting that one around eleven forty p.m. I think that's is that all three of us or is that uh, two of us or one of us? Who knows what it'll be? But that's uh, that's a discussion for another day. Of course, we also have the illegal curve hockey show coming to you that that morning. And there's of course a moose game. That afternoon, they'll. Uh, I don't. Is that Superhero Day or is that? I think Superhero Day might be on. Uh, oh no, it's the Chaz Lucia's bobblehead. 
So uh, I might have some tickets for that. If folks want to go, you might want to send me an email, but we'll get into that at the Manuka Moose Minute. Moose currently losing one nothing in Calgary. They're finishing their ninth game in a row on the road. But Ezzy, this is the Betway Game Recap, and we're here to talk about the Winnipeg Jets. So let's get into that thing called the Betway Game Recap. The Betway Game Recap. The Betway Game Recap, brought to you by, Ezzy, no surprise, our friends at Betway, one of the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. Betway is a sports betting app that puts you as you, the customer, in, at the forefront with a large selection of betting options and sports as well as strong promotions and fair odds. What are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or 19 years or older to play as. And please play responsibly. And that does it for the Betway game. <laughs> Good one, as That is true. Basically, it is basically over because there's not a lot to talk about in the first period. Well, well, I mean, look, let's be realistic. There are some things we're going to talk about. We'll talk more about the power play. We'll talk about the proposal that happened in the second period. The, I didn't uh, see cele- that. I know. Well, check out IC Dave's Twitter. That's me, of course. But uh, is the, the woman, does the woman ever say no? Well, usually when it's staged, I think they say no uh, to, you know, kind of create a controversy. And to be honest, yeah, I didn't really see that she said yes. He kind of just kind of stuffed the ring on so her finger. we don't finger. know yet? <laughs> well, it's not really, it wasn't very clear. So the camera know. pans away and then she's actually taking the ring off. She kind of threw it into the, the crowd. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. But like, uh, th- this is what th- my take on that. Since there weren't okay. that many goals, we might as well break down that engagement hey, proposal. Sure, absolutely. Uh, if you're going to propose in front of, how many people were in attendance tonight? However, 10,000 plus, 12,000 well, plus. I think it was, was. I, someone said 13, I, it's funny. I, I was told that it was going to be over 14, but then someone said it was like 13,7. But regardless, okay, so if you're going to propose in front of 13,751 people, yep. you obviously know she's going to say yes, right? Like you're not, you're not getting that ring out and, and praying that she says yes, right? Mm-hmm. But according to you, it wasn't conclusive. So. Yeah, it was. Well, it wasn't. I mean, she just kind of he kind of stuffed it on her on her hand, and and then they kind of walked. They the camera kind of panned away. It was kind of an awkward situation. But hey, you know what? It is what it is. You get whatever you get with a uh, an arena proposal. We hope we wish them all the best. Um, and that's your Betway game recap. Thanks for joining us. This has been <laughs> well. As no, let's get into it. So the Jets didn't have a great start, which was interesting because San Jose, as we touched on, hadn't played for two weeks. So you were curious, and that was one of the things that Rick Bonus. It was it was funny because Rick Bonus was asked about it in the morning media availability. Of course, that media availability and every media availability at home available on our YouTube channel. So please ensure the Illegal Curve YouTube channel. So please ensure you are subscribing. And uh, Rick Bonus was talking about the last. He was asked today, I think, by Kelly Moore of CJOB, what he thought about the um, games against the Sharks, and he essentially said. If you recall, the two games they played previously in San Jose were two one games, uh, both of them. And Rick Bonus essentially said, "We had lots of chances. We didn't take uh, care of our. We didn't take advantage of those opportunities." And so, you know, jokingly, I said to some of our fellow members of the media, "Well, perhaps they're taking him to heart, and they just don't want to waste all those chances, so they're not going to take any shots, and they're not going to try and get any." But the Sharks got off to a good start, had some uh, good opportunities to start that game for nothing shots in the first 328 like i said Kyle connor right in front and that i think is to the point you made as he about Kyle connor not seeming like he's 
got it back to where you expected him to be. And let's be realistic. Like, I'm not saying he came back early, but ultimately let's remember what Rick Bonus's words were December. Well, not, he didn't say this at December 10th or December 11th, right after that Anaheim game when Strom went knee on knee and we knew that Kyle Connor was going to be out a while, but you know, it was a six to eight week situation and he came back after five. So it, it, it's possible that he's just, again, I don't think he's incapable of playing, but is he, is he a hundred percent there? Not necessarily. So Kyle Connor misses it, a, a glorious chance. And then you start to, then the Jets start to push back and then they suddenly they take advantage of, um, they, they, you know, take the lead in terms of shots. It was like six, four, seven, four, eight, four. They had a power play or they, they had a power play opportunity uh, because Mikel Granlin took a hooking penalty against Nikolai Ehlers. Uh, Nikolai Ehlers drew two penalties, almost drew a third. So uh, he was good in that regard, uh, regardless of what Rick Bonus thought, but he was drawing power plays. Maybe he didn't want them. Maybe that was why he was mad. But look, they had that power play opportunity in the first period. No dice on it. And I think they didn't even have a shot in the sec- on the second one in the second period. But in the first period, as Morgan Barron sets a new career high for goals, in his 51st game of the season. You stuck he on scored, eight for a while, Dave. He was stuck on eight for a while. Yep. Which matched his career high from last year in 70 games. This time he scores his ninth in 51 games. And it look, it's an important goal for the Jets and for Morgan Barron, obviously, because it gets things rolling, gets the crowd into it. And I know that some folks are saying that the, the crowd was a bit anemic. It wasn't the best energy in the building. I thought it was fine, but again, I'm not in the crowd. I'm in the press box. So it's a little bit of a different sort of atmosphere for well, us. Because it's, it's Valentine's day. There's a lot of people, you know, that, that could Can be, on, well, I mean, there's, I'm sure there's, you know, some married folks and there's some families there, but yeah, imagine there, there might've been a few nervous dudes on dates, right? So, I mean, yeah, I was possibly. there. I mean, a lot of people watching the show, Dave, I mean, they think that I've always been, you know, I've always had it this together and I've always been this sexy, but sure, it, it, it took me a while. Like, you know, I, I wasn't always like this. I had to work at this. Okay. You don't inherit a body like this. You build it, right? <laughs> you build so, it. It's, it's like build a yeah. bear. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, there could have been some, you know, 21, 22 year old dudes that were a little bit nervous, you know, taking, taking their woman out. Okay. Uh, Right, so maybe that's why I was a little bit quiet. I'm just saying Valentine's Day, and and we know that the guy that was about to propose to his girlfriend was yeah. definitely, you know, probably a little bit nervous, right? And let's be honest, it's it's the San Jose Sharks on a Wednesday night. Charlie I mean, Ho- is- Charlie Horse, as he Charlie Horse wants to know is what is his lover's lunch? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I wear this color, Charlie. So just uh, just to keep things, uh, you know, to keep that love in the air. But look, uh, it, you know, the one thing is, it's funny because it, the Jets did on this goal as is they did something that every guy had a touch on this. They kept the puck in, in the San Jose zone tw- two or three times where the Sharks could have gotten that puck out. And and uh, Appleton t- got a touch on it. And uh, Lowry touched. You know, every single guy, every single forward touched that puck before. Dave, let's w- let's wish Nick Ehlers a happy birthday. We got the comment up there from Lise Kubanowski. It is Nikolai Ehlers' birthday. There you go. And, I mean, what a what a day to have your birthday. I've always thought Valentine's Day would be a great day to have your birthday because everybody's already in a good mood giving out chocolate, flowers, right? And then you've also got your birthday. So even if you're single, Dave, I mean, it's still your birthday on Valentine's Day, right? And it's it's the anniversary of Larry's first date with his girlfriend, with his girlfriend at the time, now his wife, was at a Jets game. So uh, happy first date anniversary to Larry. And, okay, though, uh, Dave, we got to know, though, Larry who is a, a regular IC Nation member. 
Mm-hmm. We need to know was it Jets 2.0 or Jets 1.0? Good question we need by to you. Know the year when Larry, when was that first date? Obviously, you know, it was a successful first date because it turned yeah. into a marriage. Yeah. But we need to know what's the year. There you go. Well, sure, anyways, I'll chime in here. <laughs> well, as soon as Larry chimes in, we'll as I'll feature that one. But ultimately, the point is that the Jets did some good work. And the San Jose Sharks did not because they had two or three opportunities to clear it. And like I said, Appleton gets the puck over to Sandberg. Sandberg puts it on to over to Pionk. Pionk kicks the shot. And Adam Lowry, you got to give him credit. And it was a nice tip by the captain who tips it up and off of Morgan Barron. And Morgan Barron, it wasn't a highlight reel, I, I guess, Ezzy. Hold on one second. Let me get, let me cue this up. It's not going to be the greatest one of the all time, but. We don't really have any other options. So here's your Seagram's shot of the game. The Seagram shot of the game. <laughs> it's good that you got that bumper in, Dave, because if we missed that, then we weren't going back. We we're nowhere Cause, cause going we back. We're probably going to have to go with like the Mark Shifley save of the game or something. Um, but Ball yeah, line. I mean. Fireball, Ezzy. Tastes like heaven. Burns like hell, as you well know. Our thanks to our friends at Seagrams. It wasn't much of a shot. We'll give we'll give Neil Pionk credit, Ezzy, because that was a good shot, good placement, and uh, Adam Lowry for his masterful tip. But uh, Morgan Barron didn't really get a shot of the game there. But we'll give so we'll give it to Neil Pionk on the shot, and it was an important sure. assist. I'll say quickly, Ezzy, before you give some analysis, because uh, some fun facts. Uh, Mike McIntyre of the Free Press was calling me Cliff Clavin because I was dropping this knowledge, but. Uh, this that assist moved him into a tie with Jacob Truba on the uh, for ninth on the all time Jets 2.0 uh, assist list, and now he is just five back of Matty Perot. So uh, there you go, a little a little fun fact for you if you're if folks are wondering. So Neil Pionk moves into uh, ninth place on the all time list. One American defenseman passing another American defenseman. It's fitting, right, Dave? There you go. Um, yeah, on this goal, I mean, look, it's it's Fabian Zetterlin, number 20. We talked about him, former New Jersey Devil. I think Zetterlin's an underrated player. I think he was still relatively young, uh, you know, 24, 25 years old. But he coughs up the puck. Lowry keeps it in. Um, you know, and I, I thought it was kind of funny, right? It was the old line, right? Because it used to be, of course, Lowry, Appleton, and Barron uh, mm-hmm. last year for the majority of the season. Um, obviously, Niederreiter is the, the regular on that line, but... Um, you know, that, that third line or second line, 2A, 2B, whatever we're calling it these days, Dave, <laughs> um, you know, I thought that was the Jets' best line, and I think the advanced stats uh, back it up. But, you know, I love that Barron, we know that he's a workhorse, he's, he's got speed, and, you know, it's the, it's the classic double tip, the Lowry tip and then the Barron tip. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, Rick Bonus was asked about the goal, you know, in a game in which you had, you know, <laughs> what did we say, 24 high-danger chances at even strength. Yeah, um, I think 24 overall because I don't think there are any high danger chances on the power play, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Definitely you know, not. It, it was a goal. It was kind of like a, a workman like goal. And, you know, the Jets were getting a lot more of those goals earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it goes back to what I said before. I know I'm kind of getting away from the goal itself. You know, you know, give Morgan Barron credit. You mentioned, Dave, nine goals. Uh, you know, hopefully he gets to around 15 because he was on pace for 20 at one point. Right. Yeah. And so when people start talking about, you know, Jake Gensel's a name out there, um, did he get injured tonight? I saw a comment in the chat. Somebody said that Gensel's injured. But, you know, you you see other names thrown out there. I threw out an Anthony Duclair. Whatever winger you're throwing out there, Dave, I just, you know, 
I think it would be a shame if a guy like Morgan Barron was pushed out of the lineup. Because if you think about it, if you've got a guy that, that, that you know, let, let's say that he ends up with 15 goals, but he's got nine goals now, um, you know, that's a good fourth line, right? Mm-hmm. Like Alex Ayafalo, Nemesnikov, Barron, that's a solid fourth line, right? Like Rasmus Kupari, he can't get into the lineup right now, right? And, you know, a lot can change in the next month or so leading up to the trade deadline, or I guess there's less than a month to go now. But, uh, you know, good on Baron, right? Like, you know, just goes to the net. Um, third line did some good work there. And we talked about it. Nino Niederreiter had the nice toe drag chance that Capo Kakinen saved in the in the second period. He got the rebound. And then he had another chance um, when Nate, Nate Schmidt dished the puck to him. So a lot of chances, but again, only one goal. And, you know, again, I, you know, a few people or Stu Smith was giving me a hard time in the chat there, um, you know, saying that I'm turning into a negative Nelly. No, I'm not a negative Nelly. I think the Jets have have enough pieces to go on a playoff run. But going back to what I said before, um, you know, the power play has concerned me for months now. Yeah, not just not just weeks. And, you know, Grandlin had had the two penalties and the Jets did nothing. And against a depleted Sharks team, you got to score at least a goal on 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 a couple power play opportunities. Mm-hmm. So you know that's really my only concern. You've got the best goaltender in the world. You've got four deep scored li- scoring lines. You've got a good group of defensemen. You'll probably Chevy will probably supplement that before March 9th, uh, which I think is the day that Notorious Big died. By the way, really? Yeah. You know, I'm a big Apparently Connor Hellebuck, By the way, I'm reading the chat right now. Apparently, Connor Hellebuck was none too pleased about being getting a shadow to not being named a star. Sorry, Connor Hellebuck. My Dave M's picking the stars. Hold on a second. Out. Hold on. Hellebuck didn't get a star? Did not. Come on. He made like seven shutout. saves. I don't care. I'm sorry. I'm not giving a guy a star because he got a shutout. Sorry. Well, we're going to have Chuck Hellebuck on the show Saturday. So maybe we're going <laughs> oh, to yeah, get out the answer. We're going to have one. to talk to him about that. But, uh, Dave, I, I mean, sorry, we've been watching hockey for our, our whole lives. If a mm. guy gets a shutout, he has to get, he automatically has to get at least one of the stars, even if he only gets like 10 saves. Hellebuck mm. had 20 saves. Nope. Can't do it. Wow. Sorry. I thought, I thought, first of all, Kakinen was the first star because he was best. He, he made it, the game was five nothing easy if he doesn't play the way he plays. Uh, I thought Shifley was excellent in the game. And I thought sorry, 17 was saves. Yeah. For Hellebuck. Yeah, well, he didn't do enough to get a star. Wow, Spencey's uh, Sp- look. I got Spencey with me, so I'm I'm going on that one. He said he was he was making sandcastles. You don't get a star for that. Thank you, thank you. I got I got the chat going on my side here. Thank. Let's go, no, chat. Festival is starting soon, and I think I'm going to be going with Spencey. He shouldn't be saying hell. He was making sandcastles. He should be saying hell. He was making ice sculptures. <laughs> regardless, regardless. Oh, he could have gone third star, I guess. But uh, okay, well, I'll, okay, we'll, we'll they, give him. How about this? We'll give him fourth star. Yeah, well, I mean, I, again, I at the end of the day, although it is funny because there was one year where we picked, thir- we don't pick them all the time, but we do sometimes. And I remember one year that we picked a lot of the stars. And I remember thinking, hey, we should probably get something for this because whoever wins this is going to be like, I think we did like 60, it felt like we did like 60% of them that season. So anywho, that, see, this is what we're now down to because the game was only a one nothing game. We're now talking about stars. Who else the got the stars? Shifley and Baron? No, Sandberg. And Baron. No, not Baron. Hold on a second. The Jets win one nothing. 
Yeah. Morgan Barron scores the goal. Connor Hellebuck gets the shutout. And neither yeah. of those two guys are a star. star. That's right. What the yeah, hell is going right. on here, Dave M? Hey, if you were, well, you know what? If you had been at the house a little earlier, I would have consulted with you and you would have had your input, but you didn't uh, go. So uh, this was this was from the beautiful mind of Dave M. And if folks don't like it, well, that you're entitled to to disagree. But ultimately, Granted I get that Hellebuck didn't make any, let's say, you know, five made, bell saves. Made, like, we talked save, about there Zetterland, Zetterland had a couple good chances in the second. One was a blocker save. Yeah. We talked about uh, Sturm. Mm-hmm. In the third period, he had the yeah. kind of partial breakaway save. Yeah. Uh, I guess, you know, the best chance was Anthony Duclair, but I guess that, that save goes to Shifley, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I guess, you know, that he didn't do enough to get a star. Didn't do enough. Oh, well, what can you do? This is a, and you get, and by the way, for the folks have to understand one other thing. We, we make these selections with about 10 minutes to go in the third period. So, I mean, it's, it's you know, that's why the Jets can make changes to them, uh, obviously. John Chan wants to know why Samberg got a star, Dave. Now, see, now now everybody is now, forget the power play, Dave. Now there's a big <laughs> three-star controversy. Uh-huh, that's fine. Oh, well. You know, again, like I said, if, if that's the number one thing we have to talk about on today's show, then that's that's pretty uh, it's pretty fun. But, uh, well, you have to answer to Chuck Hellebuck. When he finds out that you didn't give his son a star and he got a shutout, I don't think he's going to be happy. Well, he might not ever come back on the show, but uh, I don't want to piss off an in- international influencer, but maybe I'll take Saturday's show off. <laughs> Who knows? Who cares? It's the three well, stars. The best folks. part is the best part is I was sitting beside you here and you were asking me who the stars should be. And yeah, I said Nino Niederreiter because I thought Nieder- Niederreiter had a great game. And yeah. that line, I mean, Lowry, hey. I think. People are complaining about Sandberg, but Sandberg got a jacket from the Jets. So the Jets obviously liked what Dylan Sandberg did. Just saying, folks. Just saying. But again, like I said, if the only thing we have to complain about right now are my three-star selections, then uh, it's probably been a pretty good night for the Jets. Well, Pustain has spoken. Thank you. If Pustain is on my Pustain side... Pustain likes the Sandberg pick. Yeah, well, and so obviously, like I said, Phyllis is now okay with it. I think Phyllis was a little upset until she realized I was the one who made the picks, and she uh, changed it out, so... Phyllis wants more more likes. So if you haven't smashed that like button, folks, smash that like button. Because exactly. Phyllis wants at least 500 likes. Yeah, which is impressive because there's only about 350 on the chat. But hey, we'll take 500 likes if you if we can do it. This has been the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. We're a Legal Curve post-game show. Sorry, I'm Dave Manuki, Zazie Ginsburg. Usually we have a lot of goals to talk about. Actually, I shouldn't say that. Not usually. Usually we, we haven't usually had a lot of goals to talk about. So there's been a lot of shenanigans, a lot of discussions. Randall um, uh, is asking if Big Stan is going to play on, on Vancouver. Brendan Dillon will be eligible to return. Yeah. Uh, so my answer that. to that would be most likely no. Yeah. I, I think that, uh, well, I mean, the only thing that I guess could potentially affect that is we don't know what happened with Nate Schmidt. I know he came back after getting that puck to the head. We're not quite at the third period yet, though. He's folks, fine. We'll, get, we'll get there. Well, I know he's fine. He came back, but you never know. So, uh, Kenny KWB is hitting the like button just because it's fun to see me squirming. I'm not squirming KWB. I wouldn't have revealed it if I wasn't prepared to take your slings and arrows and uh, Dave, I've got thick skin so I can handle criticism. Well, not really well, but not of the show. Personal criticism. Totally fine. But not can we just talk for like a minute though, Dave, about Logan Stanley before we go to break and then come back. I got a, I got a goal. There is a goal to report. 11-12 11-12 into the third period. Dominic Coninato scores to tie the game in Calgary for the Moose. One all, a goal by Dominic Toninato. They so, need a win. Uh, Moose do need a win. 
The Jets needed to win, and they got a win. I want to talk about Logan Stanley, though, for a yeah, second, because sure. uh, I, I did think he was good. There was a play that he made. I don't know how many people remember this play because it wasn't exactly like a highlight real play. Um, but it was, I believe it was Jacob McDonald. Um, it was Jacob McDonald, who's a right winger, I believe, on the third line with Nico Sturm and Mike Hoffman. It was kind of kind of a one-on-one situation. Okay. And Stanley, I just thought, made a good play. And he just stood McDonald up. And he took the puck away, and it didn't turn into like a transition up the ice into a scoring chance. I just thought he was really solid tonight. I, I just thought he was making those types of good reads and good kind of stand-up plays near the Jets' blue line. So, you know, again, Logan Stanley, I don't think, is a guy that, for me, factors in to the Jets' long-term. Like, I've said this before, and this is nothing against Logan Stanley personally, because I do think he has, let's say the ability or the potential to play in the NHL. Um, What is he, 25 years old now, 26 years old? Mm -hmm. I just think the Jets are too deep on defense, right? Like, I think you've got Vili Hainola, you know, who has passed him on the depth chart. And now that Brendan Dillon's coming back, obviously Stanley becomes that kind of, you know, quintessential seven D-man, right, Dave? Mm -hmm. Um, But I thought he was just, you know, overall solid. Like, I thought he was you know, getting a little bit more confident in the offensive zone as well. Um, I was just going to pull up his his stats here. Logan Stanley played 15 minutes and 23 seconds. He had four shots on net. Yep. Right? So I just wanted to say, say like, again, I, 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 you know, going back to what I said on, on Saturday morning show, like, I didn't like that, you know, the Jets lost Declan Chisholm on waivers. Yeah. And obviously that's part who of the business. Who, by the way, Minnesota is still not playing, which is very, I know they're well, winning. But it's very weird. Yeah, that that is true. If you're going to claim a guy off waivers, and especially, you know, with you know injuries to the back end, namely Jer- Jared Spurgeon, right? Yeah. I'm not sure why they're not playing him. But uh, I just wanted to say that I, I thought Stanley was was solid tonight, and 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 I think that you know he would be better served playing on a uh, going to a different team, and then maybe he'll you know a team like Chicago or you know maybe a team like Columbus or Anaheim a team that's out of the playoffs. So we'll see what happens. I think there is a, a possibility that he's moved at the trade deadline, but um, yeah. you know, considering that the Jets don't seem to want to move uh, recall Vili Hainala, uh, you know, it looks like Stanley might be the seventh defenseman here for the short term, at least. Well, Matthew, I'm just going to answer Matthew Thompson's question. Then we'll go to break. Well, should we go to break or should we do want to talk anything else? I mean, there wasn't really much. We could talk about the celebrity lookalike. That was not a bad one. The guy with the mullet. You guys don't see that though. If you're not at the game, uh, we got the proposal. Mark Shifley save. We should probably talk about that. That was a pretty spectacular save. We kind of already did, though. So I don't think we'll do that right now. But we could talk about what we got our significant others. Sure, whatever. We got to do what we got to do. Flowers for Naomi. <laughs> and they make a point of telling her how much money I spent. By the way, have you heard that in the flower business, they raise the prices on Valentine's Day? Someone told me that today. You're, you're, well, hold on. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. Are you actually acting? That's a, that's a man who's not bought flowers for a woman before very often. I if buy flowers something... for Naomi every single year. How do you not know that, Ezzy? That's like literally. What do, I, what do I price check the, the well, flowers on February pre- 13th? I don't it's know. Price checking, but you kind of have a general idea. You walk into a florist on in Valentine's Day and it's, you know, the price of the same stupid okay, flowers. My question from two is, days ago. are flowers the same price? Are they more expensive on Valentine's Day than Mother's Day? Uh, I, I, well, you know what? I don't know, actually. I'm not, do we I'm have not, anybody in the floral business? That's also the, Naomi loves tulips, but apparently tulips are out of season. Anyways, I spent $56 on, and I told Naomi <laughs> this, so this is no, no secret here. 
Um, I've actually spent more. I think the most I've ever spent on flowers is like 80 bucks. And Naomi okay. says the same thing every time. She says that, like, why did I spend so much money? Well, okay. obviously, because that's how much I love you. There you go. Wait, you love me Maybe or you, you love Naomi? Well, I love you too, Dave. And Thanks, I love man. the chat and I love Lamp. But the reality <laughs> is, I mean, you can't really put a pro- like, I like Safeway puts out a nice flower. You can get a nice little bundle for about 20 bucks at Safeway. Okay. Um, but I like to go to, I, I went to Academy Florist, so shout out to them. They're not a sponsor. Maybe they'll sponsor us in the, in the future. I know Dave loves carnations. Uh, just kidding. Hey, carnations, um, yeah. but yeah, let's head to break. Yeah. I was going to say at this point, I've actually started clipping the Dominic Tottenato goal because I've lost focus on whatever it is the hell we were talking about. But hey, that was the Betway game recap brought to you by our friends at Betway. Although I'm not sure they want to be associated with us after that heck of a re- of a, of a recap there is. But let's uh, let's give them a shout out anyways because we appreciate their uh, support here on the Illegal Curve post game show. It's simple, fun, and safe to bet with Betway. So head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. And Ezzy, please play responsibly. Well, and please see the comment from Granny Bomber fan. What did, what did Granny? It's a money mean? grab. Well, I mean, nobody's disagreeing with that assessment. Of course. Absolutely. How much Fair do enough. they how much do they hike up the flower prices? Like, what are we talking about here? Like two bucks a flower? This is a hell of a question, as and it's a question for our next our our eventual flower sponsor because we're obviously gonna need one. But for now, we have to thank our current sponsors. So we're gonna head to commercial break. This is the illegal curve post game show. Stay tuned because we're gonna have even more fun stuff when we come back from this commercial words. Boston Pizza harnessed analytics to test if the game is better at home or at Boston Pizza. The results are irrefutable. Catch the game at Boston Pizza powered by Fanalytics. You guys ever wish for a game changer in life? Like finding out your favorite snack has zero calories? Or discovering the mute button on Ezzy? Picture this, a secret weapon for parking, where you can book a spot a whole month in advance. Tell me more, Drew. Pre-book your parking at really low rates, or maybe even for free, if you use the code ILLEGALCURVE. Free? What is this, sorcery? The Grid Park app. It's a real secret weapon that has affordable game day parking, and to sweeten the deal even more... I love sweets. Our listeners can use the code illegal curve to park for free. Holy Zamboni. Tell me about it. Just download Grid Park, G R Y D Park, and use the code illegal curve, all one word, to park for free. The game can change ah! just like that. Accidents happen when you aren't protected. So now what? Getting to your injury quickly can make all the difference. Help prevent them from being game changers with Linden Market Dental Center. Bonding, crowns, bridges, and dental implants. State-of-the-art treatments are available to help you get back in the game. To learn more, visit LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Your co-workers love you because you always make them laugh. You're the life of the party with stories that have them rolling on the floor. Or maybe you're just the quiet one in the corner with the one-liners that just slay. Do you have what it takes to become Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job? Try your luck. Hit the stage at Rumors Comedy Club and you could be walking away with $1,000 cash. Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job. Presented by Rumors. For all the details, head to RumorsComedyClub.com. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? 
You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at rollies.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the illegal curve hockey show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. Welcome back. I was trying to get in a tweet there as before we came back, but I didn't get it done. I'll do it right after I welcome everyone back. This is the Illegal Curve postgame show following a Jets 1-0 win over the San Jose Sharks. The series with San Jose is officially done, so you won't have to watch any more of those barn burners as no more against the San Jose Sharks. They've all been one goal games. Like I know. Who would have thought that three games between the Jets and Sharks would all be one goal? Seven game? goals total. What a time to be alive, Dave. I know. What a time. But you know what? Let's be realistic as the focus of today's show has either been the price of flowers on Valentine's Day, my three-star selection. That seems to be what's getting everyone uh, uh, focused on today's show, which is okay. We're okay with that. Folks can uh, have opinions. We want to hear it. Even if you differ from us, speaking of having opinions and and they potentially differing from what Ezzy thinks or what I think, please share those opinions with our show about our show on uh, iTunes or Spotify or any other, wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate Napster. comments. What's that? Are we on Napster? Uh, we are no longer on Napster. No. Okay. LimeWire. LimeWire. Yes. Yeah. Napster. No. But uh, if you can share those comments, give us a rating. We appreciate that. Of course, comment on YouTube. I try and respond to everyone as best I can. And like Roscoe says, Jets need to do more of what I do on a typical date. Score. Well done, Roscoe. The humanity of that. But <laughs> anywho. Um, so, yes. Uh, Ezzy, do you want to do a tough duck? Do you have a tough duck yet? Or should we just keep uh, jibber-jabbering and we can get to a tough duck in a, in a few minutes? Oh, I've got my comment. Okay. Got well, let's uh, let's cue up the tough duck hardest hitting comment of the game the tough duck hardest hitting comment we're going to give it to our very good friend Jason Eastwood I'm not sure if he's related to former Jet 1.0 Mike Eastwood or Clint or Clint that's true like this comment not enough crisp passes way too much passes no killer instinct around the net not enough greasy play Otherwise, the Jets look great. Hopefully that win was a stepping stone. That's the thing here. The Jets have put together a couple wins after that five-game losing streak. So at the end of the day, you know, we were talking about it before, even though, you know, you're not scoring a lot of goals, mm -hmm. I mean, you, you beat, you should have scored five or six goals against the Sharks tonight, probably. Yeah. Um, and you got the two points. Um, but, you know, I am a little bit worried about the game between the Jets and the Canucks because of how the power play has been struggling and also because 
it still wasn't to me a dominant enough performance in terms of the outcome. But I like that comment from you, Jason. I thought that, you know, the Jets, look, I think you could argue that the Jets have lacked a bit of a killer instinct, you know, going back to, you know, I don't know, early to mid January. So this mm-hmm. is not, again, I think the Jets are most likely going to finish second or third in the division. Maybe they'll finish even first. Okay. I, I have Dallas as the best team in the division. That This is just my own opinion, Dave. I sure. don't speak for you. I don't speak for Drew. I certainly don't speak for the chat. I think that the Jets have the pieces to go on a playoff run, mainly okay. because they have the best goaltender on earth. And I think Sean Monaghan addresses their second line center needs. I do you know, want to see a few more additions from Chevy. But I'm going on a bit of a tangent here, but there's still still just not quite like, you know, if you want to compare compare them to the 2017 team, Mm -hmm. you know, I I still think that team, you know, they had, you know, you had buff on the back end. I mean, he was able to to score goals when he needed to, but he could also lay a big hit. Jacob Trouba on the back end, like the defense. Exactly. And you had Paul Stastny at second line center, who's better than Sean Monaghan. Joe Morrow. Sure. Joe Morrow, <laughs> Toby Enstrom. Yeah. The list goes on and on and on. But uh, anyways, Jason, send me an email, Ezra at illegalcurve.com or slide into my DMs on X slash Twitter at ICSEG. And Tough Duck will ship out a toque to you. But I just, you know, I, I guess, again, I'm not being cynical because I am a glass half full guy, Dave. True. But I just still unless think that glass that, has beer in it, then you drink it, and then it's empty. exactly then it's completely empty. Um, but it's mainly it's mainly those things, right? Like it's it's it, the power play is a big one for sure. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm not. I, I'm just not seeing the same type of layered attack mm-hmm. that we were seeing, you know, in the first forty to to forty five games, as opposed to you know the last ten to twelve games. That's all right. I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they got to start it off right. And they've got three games in four days coming up, mm-hmm. starting on Saturday against one of the best teams in the league. So we'll, we'll see what they can do. I, I obviously think that the Jets can beat the Canucks. Uh, I'm just saying that wasn't a resounding victory tonight by any stretch. No, and, and look, again, did the Jets control play? Yes. Did yes. the Jets were five on five? Were they better the team? Yes. yes. You know, again, do you still have concerns about their power play? Absolutely. The PK was good. So they didn't allow a shot on their, on again, not that San Jose has a vaunted power play. So that's obviously not a, a significant concern, but at the same time, like I said, this is, it's one of those games where you liked a lot of what they were able to do. A lot of the control they exerted throughout the course of that hockey game. But again, you, you there are some areas that you still concede, you know, reason for, uh, for concern. Well, and Patrick, yeah. Patrick was, has got the comment or was, Sorry if I'm getting that pronounced wrong. Like speed and forecheck, right? Like it's apparent to anybody mm-hmm. that it's not quite there, and that's with Kyle Connor back in the lineup and an entirely healthy lineup. Like that's not to be underestimated here, right? Like you can't say yeah. that you know you're missing you know this guy in the top six or that guy in the top six. The Jets have everybody, and they have Sean Monahan now. They didn't have Sean Monahan you know three or four weeks ago, right? Right. So. It's 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 for me, Dave. The power play and also stylistically the way the Jets are playing. Yes, mm-hmm. they're still playing well defensively. Like they're only allowing one or two goals a game, but it's still you know the, the offense just it's not as crisp as, as crisp as it once was. Mm-hmm. It's just not as dynamic as it once was. 
you're not seeing the Jets, you know, have, you know, two, three, four shifts in a row. Uh, and, and, and again, maybe this is still, you know, the doldrums of, of the, the post all-star break portion of the season. Maybe, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens Saturday, but Saturday's a big game because, uh, you know, you're not going to beat the Canucks by scoring one goal, most likely. No, you're absolutely right. And and you do wonder if the Jets, look, they're not going to admit it. They're not going to, like, they tried to, you know, when you heard Colbert Fetty speaking today, he spoke, didn't disregard the San Jose Sharks. He didn't say, like we did, that this is the team that has the lo- the lowest goals for, the most goals against. They The San Jose Sharks coming into today's game had as many wins as the Jets have on the road. Jets now have 18 at home. I think they have 14 on the road, and that's how many wins the San Jose Sharks has. So the Sharks aren't a good team, and the Jets aren't going to say that they were looking past them. But at the same time, like I said, I think that the goal, you credit Kakinen because I thought he was excellent in the hockey game. Obviously, I thought he was excellent. Even first star, so I clearly thought he was excellent. But um, the the fact is, you're absolutely right, Ezzy. This cannot be... Like you want to see that effort, but the, some of the execution needs to be better. And look, the Canucks are going to force the Jets. They're not going to have last change. So they're going to have to play a complete, a complete game. And that's what we're going to have to see from them on Saturday. Of course, that's for our Saturday morning program, the Legal Curve Hockey Show that gets started at 9 a.m. As who are our guests on uh, Saturday? Give a little sneak peek, a little preview. We talked about it earlier. We're going to have Chuck Hellebuck, international influencer himself. Yeah. Of course, dad of Jets star goaltender Connor Hellebuck. Right. And then we're going to take a trip to the buffet with Kenny Ooh. Weeb. Kenny Weeb is bringing us that trip to the buffet. And then around, so that's from nine o'clock to 11. I'm just going to give you folks your Saturday after your whole Saturday planned out. Then at two o'clock, you'll be not necessarily joining me at Canada Life, but the Moose are back home after playing nine in a row. The Moose, by the way, who just went overtime, courtesy of the Dominic Toninato unassisted breakaway goal. Uh, nice creation by number 45 for the Moose. He scores, that was his third of the season. So that sent it to OT. Well, didn't send it to OT, but made it go to OT eventually. And so the Moose are playing at two o'clock. Uh, that should, I believe is the Chaz Lucius bobblehead game. So uh, I think the first 3,000 fans will get a Chaz Lucius bobblehead. Quite exciting. I've got an extensive Moose bobblehead collection. I'm not going to bring it out as, but I do have an extensive Moose bobblehead collection. Can you grab in my me one? I'd love one. Sure. Love, love a Lucius bobblehead. I might have an extra. Oh, uh, Lucius one? I don't have that yet, of course, but we'll see. That's coming on Saturday. And then, so that's from 2 till about 5.30. And I'll maybe have a little time for a little supper as, because, of course, we're not going to get za. a little za, whatever. But the point pie. is then, whatever you got to do. And then uh, the Jets take on the Canucks. That's a two-game road trip starting in Vancouver and then ending in uh, Calgary. Calgary. Yeah. yeah, is Calgary on Monday? Yeah, that's Louis Riel Day. Louis Riel Day. Oh, the that's found, right. The right. founding father of our province. Which is going to be a three o'clock start, which is going to be, that one's going to be a little tough for me because I've also got a moose game on Monday. So at two o'clock. So I may be doing that post game show from Canada Life. We'll have to see how that's going to work. Uh, as you may be joining me at Canada Life uh, to do the post game, or you can do it here without me. And then uh, that's so that, but it, as that's getting way ahead of ourselves. That's already Monday. We got to focus on the here and now. So let's, uh, I think we should probably wrap it up. We've been, we've gone an hour and an hour and almost 15 minutes, uh, on a one, nothing game. Pretty impressive, actually not bad. It's been a good Valentine's it wasn't a day. bad game. Like, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, there are some one, nothing games that are boring. That mm-hmm. wasn't boring. It certainly wasn't boring when they were reviewing that, uh, Anthony Duclair 
uh, Duclair Shifley, where Shifley was it his knee? It looked like it his knee pad. Yeah, it was. It is. I think his uh, left knee yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So, so I mean, it, that definitely was exciting. And um, you know, the Jets had a lot of scoring chances, and Cap Kakinen kept them in there. So um, yeah, it was it was an entertaining one nothing game. You'd like to have more goals, just like the Jets would have liked to have more goals against the Penguins. But you know, it's uh, you know still only a few games after the All Star break. So let's let's you know get get reset. Get ready for Saturday night against the Canucks because this could be a possible, obviously now I'm getting way ahead of ourselves. This Ooh. could be a possible Western Conference final we're talking about here, Dave M. There you go. But before we even get that far ahead of ourselves, let's give a big thank you to all of the sponsors of Illegal Curve who make the post-game show, the Saturday show, and that website is the IllegalCurve.com. Spencey doesn't know it, but we do. A possibility. They are in no particular order. Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Grid Park. Use code Illegal Curve to park for free. Linden Market Dental Center, Zappia Group Realty, Betway, Tough Duck, Boston Pizza, Seagram's, Rolly's Transfer, and Farmery Beer, home of IC Beer. Support these fine businesses because of their continued support of Illegal Curve Hockey. Well, we appreciate everyone for spending their Valentine's Day night with us. I'm Dave Nuke. He's Ezzy Ginsberg. We are back on Saturday. Of course, we'll have all the latest. Jets are off tomorrow. The Moose are off tomorrow. Both teams will be traveling. One is going, actually, as they'll be passing each other in the night or during the day because the Jets will be traveling west. The Did the Moose win, be... by the way? Is that game over? No, it's one all. I was trying to uh, you know, stay present as. I'm trying to stay focused here on, on this show, but it's it's currently one all with 251 left in OT. But uh, so maybe we can watch the last couple of minutes before uh, once we leave. But Phyllis is cheering on the Moose. But the Moose are off tomorrow. The Jets are off tomorrow. Moose will be back to practice on Friday. So we'll have that covered with a Moose practice report. And uh, again, like I said, IllegalCurve.com, your home for all the latest Jets and Moose news. Okay, it's been a fun evening. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, Again, if you can, make sure you smash that like button before you head out for the night. And uh, IllegalCurve.com has all the post-game reaction on it already from tonight's game the jets defeat the sharks one nothing in winnipeg to close out this short two-game homestand we appreciate you joining us and we'll talk to you soon thanks for listening to this broadcast from illegal curve hockey for more great illegal curve content subscribe to the illegal curve youtube channel follow at illegal curve on twitter facebook and instagram and visit your online home for hockey in winnipeg illegalcurve.com